Good morning, Cornerstone. Welcome to church this morning. Let's stand and worship together. So glad you're here today, and so glad our kiddos are here with us today, too.
praise and glory, Father, that you're going to open the floodgates in this place. Father God, we give you praise and glory that you're going to open the floodgates in this territory, in this region, Father God. Lord, we thank you, Father God, for open doors. Lord, we thank you, Father God, that you're beginning to move of your spirit, Father God. Lord, that you're beginning to press through, Father God, press us through places that we haven't been able to get through before, Lord. Father, we thank you, Lord God. We thank you for your glory. We thank you for your presence. God, we just honor you today in this place, Father God. Lord, we just give you honor in this place, Lord. God, we just love you. And we want more, Father. We want more. Isaiah 43, 18 and 19. I'm going to read this from the New Living Translation. But forget all that. It is nothing compared to what I'm going to do. For I'm about to do something new, says the Lord. See, I have already begun. Do you not see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness. I will create rivers in the desert. See, here's the thing. God's about ready to open up some new stuff for us. He's about to make some ways where we have not been able to go before. So here's the thing. When he makes a way, it's up to us to follow the way that he makes. Because when we've been in the desert, we can't see until he makes the roadway. I mean, in the wilderness, we can't see until he makes the roadway. And when we're in the desert, we're dry until he rains down upon us with his spirit. So as he begins to open the way before us, we just have to set an agreement with him. Amen. We just have to follow the places that he's opened up for us. Do we not see it? He says he's already started. I believe this is the word for right now. He's already started. He's already begun to make ways. He's already begun to tear down strongholds. He's already begun to work in our life as never before. Amen? So all we have to do is follow where he leads. And we're going to see him move.
Come on, can you lift your hands all across this building? Can you begin to exalt the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, Jesus Christ? Freedom is in this house. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. We know that. We've been walking in that. So, Lord, we proclaim your liberty in this house today. We worship you and we honor you today. Thank you, Jesus. If you have a need in the house today, would you just lift your hand and say, Hey, Pastor, I, I've got a need today. I, I've got a situation or I know someone who has a situation. We want to come into agreement with you on, on God answering that prayer. I, I, a couple of things I want to bring to your attention. We need to pray for the Spear family, which is Jody's father-in-law. Joe Spear passed away this week. And pray for the East everyone involved there how many know that it's not easy losing a loved one we need to keep them in our prayers today we need to pray for those who are sick in body and those who are struggling and you've lifted your hands already so this is what I want want to do I, I believe that when we come into agreement how many believe that God can answer prayers how many believe that God is not a respecter of persons how many believe and know that God is going to answer prayers today amen so let's come into it. Come on, let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Let's come into agreement together. Come into agreement. We talked about the day of Pentecost. They were in, in one mind, in one accord, in one place. And if we can come into agreement, I believe that we can agree on anything, that we can touch heaven, and I believe God will come down and he'll change our position, and I believe God will do great and mighty works. Amen. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, today, God, we come before you. God, we lift up, Lord, the Spear family. God, we pray for uh, Jen. God, we pray for Jody. God, we pray for Mackenzie, Lord, and Haley, Lord, and Jaden. God, I, I just pray for this, everyone that's involved, Lord, through, through death. Lord, sometimes, Lord, it's hard to understand. Lord, as we go through these moments, God, these seasons, God, I pray, Lord, that your peace the peace of God that passes all understanding, God, would be upon them. God, that your love would abound in their hearts and their minds and their spirits. God, I lift up each and every need, Lord, that was represented by a hand today, God. Though I don't know them all and though they are many in numbers, God, you are a God who knows everything. You are a God who sees everything. So today, Lord, I ask, Lord, that you would move on behalf of each and every one of these needs, God. God, I pray for those who are praying for healing today. I pray that the divine blood of Jesus, Lord, that was shed on Calvary, Lord, would, would just begin to flow. God, where they are at, God, I pray, Lord, that sickness would leave. God, I pray for those who are dealing with bondages, Lord, and situations, Lord, those who may be addicted, Lord, to substances. God, I pray for freedom. And Lord, we, we come into agreement, God. Lord, that freedom, Lord, would reign, Lord, in people's lives today. Lord, in this house today, God, I pray, Lord, that your spirit would begin to permeate our hearts. Lord, that your presence would fall today in a mighty way. And God, we give you the praise and we give you the glory. Come on, if you come into agreement with that, can you give Jesus Christ, the head of the church, a hand clap of praise today? Come on, can you stretch your hands to heaven one more time? Can you sing that? Freedom reigns in this place. Come on, sing that one more time with us. Because freedom reigns in this place. 
Come on, sing it one more time. Hands lifted, hearts lifted high. Come on. freedom reign in this house, Lord. Let it reign in our hearts. God, we declare it. God, as the heavens are open right now, God, I pray that bondages are broken. Lord, that people are healed only by your power, God, and we give you the praise, and we give you the glory, and we thank you, Jesus, in the mighty name of Jesus. Come on, one more time. Can you give him praise in the house? I want you to find somebody in the house. I want you to look at them, look in their eyeballs, and say, it is good to see you in the house of the Lord today. Amen. You may, you may be seated if you can today. Amen. I tell you what, I just feel the presence of the Lord in the house today. We're doing something a little bit different. It looks a little bit different than normal, uh, what we normally do. And, and, and how many know that sometimes you just got to throw a, a wrench in, into, into what you're doing sometimes and just mess things up. Thank you for taking that. And we're going to do something today. How many know that we have coming up next, next week our, our VBS? How many know next week we have our VBS coming up? Man, I've seen people more excited about eating lunch than that. Uh, but I want to tell you today, it is so good to see all of our kids in the house today. How many are excited to see all our kids in the house? I love kids because I used to be one. I still am one. And, uh, but I'm going to do something right now, and I am going to invite Carrie Poole to up and Aaron Poole up to the platform. Will you give them a hand clap? Good morning. It is so good to be in big church. We are so excited to see adults and kids together um, because we don't get to very often. All right, so while we're chit-chatting, I want all the kids to come up and join us on stage. If you are in Mr. Aaron and Miss Carrie's class, we want you up here. Do not be afraid. Shake out the nerves. Here they come. Here, I'm going to hop off the stage real quick. Come on up, guys. Find room on stage. Don't touch an instrument. They'll never have us back. All right, make room. All right, look how good looking our kids' church is. Give them a hand. <laughs> and they're still coming, still coming. We have had such an amazing year so far of kids' church. So 2020 kind of knocked us down for a little bit, but we found ways to get through. And so this year we have been back bigger and better than ever. And I tell you, these kids have been hungry 
to learn. They are so excited every Sunday to come in, and they're retaining. It's not just they don't come in, they have fun, and they might remember it for a week. They're retaining what they're learning, and that is so exciting. Something else that we've had in this um, new year is we've added live worship. We've always had live worship, but now we're playing and having real live worship in there, and the kids are the ones that are leading it. And let me tell you, until you have seen a preschooler raise his hands and close his eyes in worship, you don't know real worship. I feel, every time we see it, I feel so honored and blessed that we get to see these faces reaching out to God. It's amazing. So I just want to give God great, uh, glory for that because that's something we've wanted for a long time. So we're going to do a song for you this morning, and it's not just going to be a show. We need you guys to participate. So I need everybody to stand up. Everybody to stand up. Now I'm going to give you a heads up on some of the motions, okay? When we get to the chorus, you're going to want to stick your arms out like this and link arms with the person next to you. So let's practice. All right, so everybody knows what we're doing. Link arms with the person next to you. All right, or touch their elbow if you need to. All right, and then with me, we're going to go like this. All right, get your cardio in this morning. See, that's a perk of working in kids' church. All right, you guys ready? All right, go ahead.
Look, hold on, don't go, don't go. Hold on. <laughs> Come back. Come here, girls. All right. Some of them left. That's okay. Come here, girls. All right. So to show you some of what they retained, I asked the kids last Sunday, I said, does anybody have one of the Bible verses we've learned that you really liked or that you remembered well? And Miss Brooklyn was one of the first ones to raise your hands. And so I figured I'd hear the Bible verse we had just learned in class. But she actually remembered a Bible verse from back in February and March that stuck with her. And I said, wow, what made you think of that? And she was like, I just always remembered that one. So I'm going to give them a chance to say that. And they're a little nervous, so they're going to say it together, her and Miss Sydney. So. Gives his life to the sheep. John 10, 11. Yes, they did awesome. Okay, does anybody else have anything they want to say? You do? Uh-oh, that could be dangerous. All right, you guys can have a seat. You guys can all have a seat. Let's give them a hand as they leave the stage. So with everything, um, so you've seen how many kids we've had, and we have been having lots and lots of growth in kids' church, and which is an amazing thing. And it's growing so much, so much, in fact, that we've actually had to add another classroom in. All right, can we praise God for that? That is not a bad problem to have. So with growth comes new classrooms, with new classrooms comes more kids, and with more kids comes the need for more teachers. So I am up here throwing myself before you, asking you if you have any desire to help teach. We need teachers. I currently need four people to step up and teach a class one day a month. One Sunday a month, that's it. I need somebody to do that because we're growing. And in order for the kids to get the best amount of time in the class and to learn the best at their own pace, we've got to have these other classrooms in. So I'm putting it out there. If you are interested, please come see me or Aaron or Pastor Tristan. We would love to have you join our Kids Rock team because I just want to say there's a lot of volunteers in our church but our Kids Rock volunteers are pretty amazing. So if you're a Kids Rock volunteer, can you stand up real quick? I just want to show you guys some honor. Our team is such an amazing team to work with, and seriously, we could not do what we do without them every Sunday. They are faithful, they are fun, and we love them very much, and we consider them such a huge part of this ministry. So thank you all so much. Um, and I'm just going to say it one more time. If you have a desire to teach, or even if you don't have a desire, but you want to get involved, that's okay. I can work with that. Okay? So <laughs> okay, all right. So um, I, I, usually I do all the talking, so I was just up here like, you know, you know guess what? Um, so June 7th at 7, right? Okay. I just want to, she's like, hey, you get, yeah, VBS, we're super excited about VBS. 
Carrie knocked out of the park again. Um, she starts fasting and praying, and God just speaks through her. And, uh, and I've been writing a curriculum for a school, and it's taken me, like, weeks. Sorry, I'm getting on it. Um, it's taken me a long time. But she just gets it, and it just, like, starts flowing from her hand. And it's amazing to watch her work. And I've, we've seen kids' lives change through VBS. So uh, bring your kid, bring your grandkids, your, your nieces and nephews. Grab the neighbor kid, but make sure you ask their parents first. Right, just get them here to church. June 7th to the 10th, and it's amazing. All right, have them here on that day. Pastor, thank you for letting us come up here today. Come on, give them a hand clap. I had to take off my jacket. It was too hot. And if you didn't get hot doing that, you weren't moving enough. And uh, I told you I was just a big, a big uh, kid at heart. I want to say, if you're a guest with us today, that's not something we normally do, but that was pretty exciting. <laughs> How many thought that was pretty exciting? I thought it was exciting. And uh, if you didn't, then you can sit there like an old nod on a log if you want to. But I can't help but get excited when I see kids excited about Jesus. Amen. If you are a guest with us today, I just want to say welcome. It's so good to see you. I am Pastor TJ, and it is an honor to have you here today. And uh, I just want to say thank you for being here today. Can we give all of our guests a welcome today? Those online, those here in the house. It is Memorial Day weekend. We are smack dab in the middle of the Memorial Day weekend. We have, it looks like a lot of people that are gone, but we, it looks like we have a lot of visitors today. And with that, I, I just want to say uh, Memorial Day, um, I'm going to give you a little, a little history on Memorial Day. I think sometimes we, we get in kind of the mode. It's a three-day weekend, and we take it as a three-day weekend. But there is a reason behind Memorial Day. I want to share some things with you about Memorial Day. Um, some Memorial Day facts. Um, it's an American holiday, obviously, we're here in America, observed on the last Monday of May, honoring the men and women who died while serving in the U.S. military. How many are grateful for the men and women who have sacrificed their lives so we could be free here today, so we could come here and worship today, amen? It started in the 1860s, but officially uh, in 1868, it was originally called Decoration Day. Did anybody know that? All right, a few of you did. All right, good. Uh, it was called Decoration Day because people would decorate the graves and recite prayers of, uh, uh, for fallen soldiers of the Civil War in the early spring. On May 5th, 1868, General John A. Logan, a leader of an organization from the Northern Civil War Veterans uh, Group, called for a nationwide day of remembrance later that month, the 30th of May in 1868. It is designated for the purpose of uh, strewing the flowers or otherwise decorating the graves of comrades who died in defense of their country during the late rebellion and those who uh, lie uh, in almost every city, village, hamlet, churchyard in the land he proclaimed. Did you, uh, did you know that I, I believe that the stat is I think there was 468,000 men died during Civil War. Then. So that, that's, that's insane. I think it's the number one conflict. Right, World War II is right there really close. Um, going on a little bit further, on the first dec uh, declaration day, Decoration Day, General James Garfield... Did you catch that? General, not president. General James Garfield uh, made a speech at Arlington National Cemetery, and about 5,000 participants showed up at the graves of 20,000 Civil War soldiers buried there. 
Uh, it originally was about those who died in the Civil War, but after World War I, uh, it, it was all about all the fallen soldiers in every conflict later, including World War II, the Korean War, uh, Vietnam War, the Gulf War, and Afghanistan and Iraq conflicts. Um, and a law was passed in 1968 making uh, the day, uh, turning the day from Decoration Day to Memorial Day, uh, and it wouldn't be till 1971 that we celebrated the very first Memorial Day holiday as we know it today. Um, just a little tidbit that I learned about Memorial Day, I never do this. It's important to know that on, uh, that on Memorial Day uh, that a moment of remembrance is at 3 p.m., local time, no matter where you're at. Did anybody know that? I never knew that. Uh, but that is, the, that is the designated moment that we're supposed to stop and reflect and we're thankful. Franklin D. Roosevelt said this, uh, those who have long enjoyed such privileges as we enjoy forget in time that men have died to win them. And how many are, are, are still grateful for the sacrifice that was given that, that we could be here in freedom today to worship how we want, to stand how we want, to live in this free country. How many are grateful for that? If you will, turn your attention up to the screen. We're going we're gonna to watch a video. Extraordinary men and women went before us with unmatched resilience, enduring hardship, when called upon to defend and liberate, they said yes. They found courage to rise with every sun, loyalty toward their country, discipline for every command. Even in the darkest hours, they said yes. They cherished and fought for freedom so those coming behind them were assured of it. And when the moment came for them to give it all, their futures never to be written, they said, yes. Today, we think upon their sacrifice and find our way to honor them, saying yes to making the most of what they gave us and filling the earth with God's goodness. We thank them for their yes. They will never be forgotten. Can we one more time just give thanks uh, to everyone who has sacrificed their life for us? for doing that this morning and uh you know i i love this nation that we live in and we live in a free nation and and uh how many are glad that we're free amen i'm glad that we're free and uh i tell you what uh it's it's exciting i want to talk to you it's memorial day weekend and and um i just wanted to remind you with that video uh that tomorrow when you're barbecuing and when you're swimming or whatever your agenda is tomorrow if you're off work some of you may be working some of you will be making time and a half tomorrow on a holiday. Um, but whatever you're doing tomorrow, just take the time 
to stop and remember how good God's been to you and how many have made a sacrifice to allow you to be where you are today. I just, I just want to encourage you to do that. I want to talk to you today on, on the simple topic of uh, it being Memorial Day. I want to talk about monuments today. Monuments. Everyone say monuments. All right. And uh, as I was reflecting this weekend concerning uh, those who have gave the ultimate sacrifice for others, uh, of our great nation, I couldn't help but reflect on the purpose of memorials and monuments in our in our nation. I know right now we live in a time where a lot of people are trying to tear down different monuments for different things because they believe. And I, I just want to say this: our nation is not perfect. It never has been perfect. And if if people are looking for a perfect nation, they better leave because <laughs> there there are flaws in, in in every society. But I want to say this: monuments are created to stand the test of time. You know, they don't make monuments out of paper mache. You know why? Because they won't last. Uh, but when they make a monument, they they usually make them out of stone or they make them out of out of something that will stand the test. We know that here, coming from the limestone capital of the world, right? A lot of monuments have come right here out of these hills, and some of you are like, "Yeah." Some of you say, "I see that all day at work." All right. Um, but monuments are made to outlive the ones who have created them and left them behind, and that's the way it should be. And uh. Uh, has anyone ever been to the Lincoln Memorial? Anybody ever been there in Washington, D.C.? It is a sight to see. When you go to the Lincoln Memorial, a monument there uh, on the National Mall, and when you walk up and you see the sheer size of it, and, and, and it's amazing to look and reflect there. Uh, uh, it's a great tribute and a beautiful tribute to our 16th president of the United States, Abraham Lincoln. Ha has anyone ever, ever been to the Washington Monument? All right, there in Washington, if you've been to the Lincoln Memorial, you've probably been to the Washington Monument, and that's that great uh, obelisk that is pointing to the sky, and it towers at 555 feet tall uh, to remember our nation's first president. Here's something, I don't know if you guys knew this, why it reminded me of this. You know that uh, one of the first people to, to use vaccines was, was George Washington during the Revolutionary War. You should look that up. It's pretty gross, but you should look that up and find out about that. I, I'm not going to tell you anymore, okay? It's on you. And then I began to think about the uh, monument um, there in St. Louis, the arch. And how many have ever been to the arch and saw the arch? How many have went up in the arch and swayed at the top of the arch, right, when you're up there? Um, and I, the arch is 630 feet tall, and it's a beacon of hope representing the western expansion of the United States. And that's why they built that. Uh, anybody ever been to Hawaii and seen the USS Arizona Memorial? I had the privilege of going to see that. Uh, me and Tristan went on our, on our honeymoon uh, many years ago, and one of the things that I absolutely had to do was go to that memorial. When I went to that memorial and I began to see the 1,177 men's uh, uh, names on the wall that had perished there on the USS Arizona, and when, we, when you walk out there and you could still see oil coming up, and, and there's a watery grave down there. I couldn't help but get a little bit teary-eyed when I thought about the sacrifice that was made that day on December 7th, 1941. And, uh, uh, you know, maybe another monument that you can think of it, that, that may remind you of a beacon of hope is the Statue of Liberty. Many, many people, immigrants that have come uh, look at the Statue of Liberty as a, as a place of hope. And those are all great things. And uh, how many know that monuments can be good things? Amen. And monuments can be good things. They're not all bad. But monuments remind us that we can learn from them and, and, 
And this doesn't mean we shouldn't make idols out of monuments. It doesn't mean we should go worship those monuments. But what monuments do is, is they remind us of things. So they're built for a purpose, and we got to understand what their purpose is. Uh, I used to cut graveyards when I was 13 or 14 years old. Um, that was my job. I had, I had a business. I did. Uh, I, I, I was the workforce. Uh, I used my dad's equipment. He paid for most of the gas, and I made the money. It was a great business plan. You think I'm lying. That's exactly what happened. I, uh, uh, I had a great business model there. And, and I remember growing up in Missouri, uh, I spent the summer like, cutting like three or four cemeteries. Any, anybody ever had the privilege of cutting grass at cemeteries? It's a lot of work sometimes, depending on how big the cemetery, how many people are in the cemetery, how big it is, and certain things. And I, I remember growing up, and I would go, uh, one of the busiest times of the year for me cutting cemeteries was around Memorial Day because they always wanted it to look good for when people came. And so I would do that, and then after Memorial Day, I would have to come back. Well, after Memorial Day, everyone puts flowers and, and flags all over all over the graves. And, and, and when I was 13 or 14 years old, when I, when I saw those things, it was a little bit of a nuisance of me because it meant that I had more work to do because I had to pull, pull those out. And then I had to cut the grass, and I had to put them back and make sure they went back to where they went. And, uh, but I understand now as, a, as a, a little bit older person and understanding, I said a little bit. I didn't say I was a lot older. A little bit older person uh, understanding um, the sacrifice that, that many have, have given. And, and most of us uh, this weekend, uh, it's funny because Memorial Day's kind of morphed to a, a – most people will, will go to a cemetery at some point and, and see someone. It's, a good, it's a, just a good time to stop and reflect, even if they, they weren't. Uh, uh, but, you know, we use flowers and we put flags, and, and now there's like LED solar lights uh, that, that I've seen in grave, graveyard, which is kind of creepy when you're going through a graveyard at night and you just see a beacon of light over there, and you're like, hey, what's going on here in the graveyard? Anybody know what I'm talking about? Why are you in the graveyard at nighttime? That's what I want to know. All right. But, um, but in most, anybody ever been to a Jewish cemetery? They do something a little bit different. I mean, not, I mean the Star of David is one thing, but um, they leave rocks on their headstones. And the reason they use uh, rocks is they say that flowers fade and, and flags, they fade with time and... Um, they, they, they leave rocks and so they're, because they're going to last forever. I think there's two reasons why they do that. I think rocks are abundant, number one, and I think maybe people are cheap. <laughs> I'm not saying they are. I'm just saying I may, and maybe, that, maybe it's all good. I don't know. Um, but uh, maybe, maybe you save a little bit of money this grab a couple of rocks and put on someone's grave. Uh, um, but I want to talk to you about the monuments in our lives today and... Uh, and oftentimes in our lives, we, we are, we're guilty of this. We build monuments to ourselves sometimes. Yeah, like Nebuchadnezzar, remember? Oh, maybe you didn't build a, a big golden statue of yourself. But, but oftentimes in our lives, we, we try to um, build a monument of how good we're doing and uh, let everyone know that we're large and in charge. And, and can I tell you this? God's not interested in monuments of you. I mean, he loves you. But if, when you build a monument of yourself, he doesn't, you know, he, he wants to see you succeed. But, you know, sometimes we, we make monuments of our careers or our positions or uh, in society or our name. But can I tell you, all those things are going to fade away someday. 
Amen. All right, you guys are with me. Another monument that we often uh, fall prey to is the monument of, of wealth. Are you saying it's wrong to have money? No, nothing wrong with having money. But, um, you know, money talks. If I make more money, I have more things. I have nicer things, and, and people will esteem me oftentimes. That's what we think. And the great philosopher, Notorious B.I.G., said, more money, more problems. Some of you got that. Some of you, that flew right over your head. Oh, my younger crowd, they're with me, right? Yay, yay. All right. Uh, Proverbs says this, that wealth is fleeting. That means it can be here one second and gone the next. And all the um, parents in the house said amen, right? It's here one second and it's gone the next. Paul says uh, this, and he says, you know, you come into this world with nothing, you leave with nothing. And, and truth is, you can make all the money in the world. But, and I saw something, I don't, I don't remember, someone posted it on Facebook that showed uh, someone that had a shack house and then someone that had, not, not, not shack, the basketball player, like a shack, okay, like a, like a lean-to type, type house. And then I, someone with a mansion, then it showed their graves and they were identical. And can I tell you something? There's, there's some truth behind that. Monuments. Uh, building up ourselves or building up our wealth, those things will fade. But I, I want to just talk to you just for a few moments today about some monuments uh, in our lives. Um, so if you have your Bibles, we, we're gonna, I'm going to jump around. We're going to be in Genesis. We're going to start in Genesis chapter 8. I don't have a scripture to lead off with here, but we're, I'm just going to go there. So I want to talk to you about the first monument. Uh, and this, this first monument I want to talk to you about today is the Monument of Thanksgiving. Everyone look at your neighbor and say, the Monument of Thanksgiving. Look at your neighbor on the other side who you don't like as much and tell them the same thing. All right. Genesis chapter 8, verse 20 and, and 22 uh, through 22, it says this. Um, then Noah built an altar to the Lord. And took some, some of every clean animal and some of every clean bird and offered burnt offerings on the altar. And when the Lord smelled the pleasing aroma, the Lord said in his heart, I will never again curse the ground because of man. For the intention of man's heart is evil from his youth. You ought to underline that in your Bible, okay? Neither will I ever again strike down every living creature as I have done. Verse 22 says, while the, earth remains seed, uh, while the earth remains seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night shall not cease. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for this day. God, I thank you for your word. I pray today, Lord, that you would penetrate our hearts. Lord, that you would use me today how you see fit. Lord, let the words that are coming from my mouth be yours and not my own. God, I pray, Lord, that we would be forever changed. Lord, we give you the praise and glory. In your name we pray, everyone said. All right. Amen. So we're talking about monuments of thanksgiving. Uh, one of the monuments uh, that we should be building in our lives is a monument of thanksgiving and praise. Okay? And when we're talking about monuments, things that, that take us back when we get to those, those moments, that something that we can go back to and go, hey, I remember the time. I'm understanding. So how many have been through some stuff in the house? Anybody, everyone's had a perfect life in here. That is amazing. We are blessed. Anybody been through some stuff in the house? All right. I thought, I thought maybe you guys were holding back on me. Um, Noah, look at this. Noah spent 100 years building the ark. He was about 500 when he started. I am, I am working on 40. I'm getting close to 40. It's knocking on the door. 
And let me tell you something. My bones crack when I get out of bed. I can't imagine what it would be like getting out of bed at 500 years old and building an ark for 100 years. And Noah was steadfast. God told him to do something. God gave a warning that a flood was coming. And Noah, for 100 years, built an ark with people making fun of him, people telling him, hey, what are you doing? Why are you doing this? And nobody was laughing when, when the rain started happening. And look at this. God closed the door for Noah and his family was spared because of their obedience to the Lord. And I began to think about this. And I thought, well, why didn't Noah close the door? God closed the door because I believe if Noah would have closed the door and he heard people screaming, he would have tried to open the door. But I'm here to tell you, God is a God of, of justice. When God gives a way out, now, now, now this is going to blow some of your New Testament people away. When God gives a way out, it is our opportunity to walk in that or not. All right. Now, that, that some of you are like, boy, I don't know if I like that. Well, let me tell you, God does not change. He's going to judge us all one day. Right now, we're in a dispensation of grace. And thank goodness for Jesus Christ. Because that is our way in, okay? I just want to add that. Uh, so Noah spent 100 years, and then he spent, uh, you know, Scripture tells us 40 days and 40 nights. It, would, it was raining. Some scholars say it was a total of about 150 days they were on the ark. Some scholars say it was like 371 days just over a year. It really doesn't matter how long they were on the ark. It, it really honestly doesn't. They, they landed in, in what seemed like an impossible task. How many would have loved to have been on an ark with a bunch of animals and, and your family? How many are excited to go on vacation with your family in the car. Now add, and now add thousands of animals to that scenario, right? Uh, you thought, you think the smell in the back of your car was bad. How do you think Noah felt? All right, so, uh, so there they are, and what seemed like an impossible task, God asked Noah uh, to do, and Noah proved he would that God would sustain him and God would give him provision and God would give him covering and God would give him grace. Can I tell you that uh, because of our relationship and our right relationship with Jesus Christ, he has given us provision, he has given us grace. Amen? Are you with me? All right. Two of you are with me. I'll keep going as long as I got two of you. All right. Can I tell you something? Big trials bring out big praise. If you've been through some stuff, wave your hand. All right, if you've been through some big stuff, wave your hand. And I love this. What I love about Noah, when he gets out of the ark, he does something amazing. He goes and he builds an altar and he begins to sacrifice clean animals to the Lord to give thankfulness for God's provision and God's grace. I'm talking about the monument of praise and thankfulness in your life. How many got some things to be thankful for? How many got some things to be that are praiseworthy? All right. All right. I love these kids, man. They're right there with me. They're like, I like it. All right. Uh, so we need to know something about praise. The, the first thing that we should do when God answers our prayers is get on our knees and say, hey, thank you, God, for answering this prayer. Thank you, God, for sustaining me. Thank you, God, for sending an answer. But oftentimes, we do not do that. But I love Noah when he gets out. That's exactly what he does. Let me, t let me give you some reasons why we should praise and give thanks because I'm going to tell you why right here. The Bible says to. If the Bible says it, we should be doing it. Look at this. I want you to follow me. First, First Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18 says, rejoice always. Look at your neighbor and say, rejoice always. 
Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances. Good, bad, ugly, indifferent. Whatever the circumstance, give thanks. Everyone lift your hand and say, Lord, I give you thanks right now. All right. Uh, For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. The will for, uh, for you is to rejoice, to give thanks, and to give praise and adoration to Him. Look at this. First, uh, First Chronicles 16.34 says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for He is good, for His steadfast love endures forever. First Chronicles 29.13 says, And now we thank you, our God, and praise your glorious name. Psalms 107.1-3 says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for He is good, for His steadfast love endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Is that you? All right. All right. Whom He has redeemed from trouble and gathered in from the lands and from the east and from the west and from the north and from the south. Ephesians 5.18. I like this one. It says this. But be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making a melody Uh, To the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always and for everything to God. Look at that. Giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Can we just give Jesus Christ some thanks in the house today? I want to show you something. When Noah began to sacrifice, when he got out of the ark, when God had brought him through a tumultuous time, he got out of the ark, he built an altar, and he began to sacrifice and give praise to the Lord. I want to show you something here in Scripture. When he began to do that, the Scripture says that it, that it put a smell up in the earth. And, and, and God began to smell the aroma of those sacrifices. Can I tell you something? There is nothing more pleasing to the Lord than your, when you begin to have a sacrifice sacrifice of praise, when you begin to have a spirit of thanksgiving, when you begin to lift your hands and your voice begins to cry out and you say, Lord, I love you. It is the one thing that will catch God's attention. The scripture says that he is going to and fro across the earth looking for those that he might bless. Let me tell you something. I want to give him praise. Amen. Are you with me today? All right. And and so it it smelled so good to the Lord that God, look at this, it smelled so so good to the Lord. Your praise can make a difference in your situation. Two of you got it. Your praise can make a difference in your situation. Let me show you something because look at this. This This is what the scripture says. It smelled so good to the Lord that God, he makes a covenant with Noah and to us today. Hey, guess what? I'm never going to destroy the earth like I did right then and there. And from this point, there's going to be seasons. Understand this. God, your praise can not only change your situation where you're at now, it can change your future situation. It can change the situation for your kids, kids, and your kids, 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 kids. Amen. Do you believe me today? All right. Come on. If you're with me, say amen. Here's the second monument I want to talk about, the monument of blessing. Everyone say the monument of blessing. Good job. Joshua chapter 4. And I, when I first came here, I, I did a series of uh, talking about the children of Israel as they walked out of uh, the wilderness into the promised land and how Joshua had led them. And Joshua chapter 4, verses 4 through 7, it says this, Then Joshua called the twelve men from the, 
from the people of Israel, whom he had appointed, a man from each tribe. And Joshua said to them, Pass on before the ark of the Lord your God into the midst of the Jordan, and take up each of you a stone upon his shoulder, according to the number of the tribes of the people of Israel, that this may be a sign among you when your children ask in time to come, What do these stones mean to you? Then you shall tell them that the waters of the Jordan were cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord. I'm talking about monuments today. Look at this. When it passed over the Jordan, uh, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. So these stones shall be to the people of Israel a memorial forever. So let me give you a little context of what's going on here. So God had just done something amazing for the children of Israel, okay? We know this, that they had been in bondage in Egypt for 400 years, and God raised a man up named Moses who, who brought them out of the land of Egypt through, through the direction. Uh, he was the leader there, and God led them and directed them, and they went through the Red Sea, and you guys know the story, and Pharaoh was, was drowned in the Red Sea, and they crossed. And then they got into the wilderness, and what should have taken them just a few days ended up taking them a long, long time. You know why? Because Moses didn't stop and ask for directions. That's not really true. Well, kind of. But, but he found himself, and, and because of disobedience, they wandered in the desert, and finally, here they are on the cups of their breakthrough, sitting there at the Jordan River, about to go in. Moses had to die. Why did he have to die? Because he disobeyed God. And God said, hey, none of this generation gets to go in, only the ones after this. And so they waited a whole a full 40 years. So there they are. He got to see the promised land. He didn't get to step foot in the promised land. So Joshua, man, he didn't waste any time. He, he prays. They get to moving. And they move forward, and they step into their destiny. How many want to step into your destiny today? All right. So, so God had done some great things. So notice this. A moment where you walk into a promise, and this is where the children of Israel are. They are walking into this promised land. They had some battles they had to fight when they got in the promised land. But they were walking into new territory that they had never been before. How many know that as a church and as a believer, we're walking into new territory that we've never been before? All right. So that's what they're doing. And as a church, we battle in seasons together, and God can break the glass ceiling. All of us together, we're battling, we're moving forward. God has called us together as a group, as a church, as a family, and we are doing battle together. Let me tell you something. When we come together in unity, when we begin to pray in unity, when we begin to, to intercede in unity, when we begin to worship in unity, when we begin to grow in unity, God can break the glass ceiling. He can take the limits off. And man, do you believe that today? Some of you are hearing it. Some of you may not. I don't know. Shake your neighbor. Say, wake up. And we have a reason to be thankful for God's blessing on us. God, God takes us from glory to glory. And, and notice a moment where you walk into your promise with God on your life is a, a moment of memorializing. I remember uh, just a few weeks ago, I was in Missouri, and I had the privilege of speaking at my nephew's, uh, uh, I, don't, I don't know what you call it, but he turned, he turned 16. Anyway, it's 16th birthday, so they asked me to, to share some words. And as I spoke, w uh, 
it rained, and so we had to change the venue. We were supposed to be outside, and it was raining, and so we took it indoors to this place. And where we had the venue was a place that I, I had, had went to church camp years and years and years and years ago. And while I was there, um, I, I walked in the building, and me and my brother were there, and I said, I said to my brother, I said, hey, I remember this. And I said, I told my brother, I said, I remember you uh, got baptized with the Holy Spirit right here. And I, sh I kind of like in, the, in this general area, and he's like, you're right. You're right. And, he, and we begin to memorialize, and we begin to think about that moment. And I, I remember, and I said, you know where? I got, I got baptized with the Holy Spirit right over here. And like on the other side of the room, because we're brothers. We have to be on the opposite sides of the room, right? And, and, but anyways, and I begin to think about that. How many remember the day that you got saved? How many remember the place that you got saved? Amen? And, and, and we need to memorialize that. We need to understand that those are moments of God's blessing in our lives. Okay? And so I, I want to talk to you about that. Uh, he, and here's what Joshua did. He tells 12 men to grab stones from within the river, and they all pick up a stone, and they take a stone out. I don't know how big the stones were. I don't know. Maybe they were like the, the big Irish guys that, that carry the big rocks. I don't know. And, but they're carrying them out, and they take them out, and they stack them together to make a monument. And, and Scripture tells us that they also made a monument that they put inside of the river uh, now, what you need to understand is the Ark of the Covenant, they were standing there. Uh, the, the priests were holding the Ark of the Covenant. The water was, was gone. They were grabbing stones out. And then they built a monument uh, in the river. And, and then when they left, the water covered it. I, you know, and I, I'm, I, I would like to go scuba diving just to see if I could find those stones. Amen. Hey, are you with me, Asher? That's what I'm talking about. We'll, we'll do that maybe one day, okay? All right. And, but, but they took these 12 stones, and they, they took them up on the bank, and they took them to their camp, and they began to stack them together. They began to stack them together. And I thought, what's the significance of, of this, God? What is the significance of this? And as I began to pray about this, I, I want to I share something with you. Parents, while you got your kids in here, I want to point something out to you. I want to I share something with you. Parents, you need to show your kids the monuments in your life where God's blessing has flowed for you, through you, to you. Your kids need to know the day that you got saved. Your kids need to know that, you know, that when you had a struggle that God brought you through. They need to understand those moments. Are you hearing me, parents? And it's important for us to build monuments, not for my sake, but for my kids' sake. You know what? I can tell you this. I can, t this is, this is, I can tell you about my dad, the day that he got saved. 1970, I know it was 1970, Easter Sunday, 1970, in Imperial, Missouri. You know why I know that? Because my dad told me, and that was a monument to me, that my dad made a decision to know Christ. Say, hey, I was this way at one point, but then God changed me. And the monuments, listen, parents, we need to share with our kids the monuments, the testimonies that God has brought us through. Amen? And I love this story. Mom and, mom and dad, if God has blessed you, you need to testify to your kids about it. You need to let them know, hey, God gave me this job. God gave me this. And it's only by his hand and by his grace that I am what I am today. You Kind of like Popeye, I am what I am. Amen? Your testimony, your words are a monument of God's blessing to your kids and to your grandkids and on and on and on. And I might add this, that there's a blessing as a group uh, that, can, that only came from a unity of spirit. Check this out. 
So their leader tells them, says, hey, grab some stones. So they, 12 of them grab stones. Now, I want to point something out right here. As, as a church, oftentimes we want to grab the monuments of our stones and we want people to see our, our stone, our monument. And if we aren't careful, now listen, if the 12 tribes of Israel, if they would have all went independently and put their rocks somewhere differently, guess what? We would not know that there was a monument. The kids wouldn't know that there was a monument. But these people put themselves to be selfless and said, hey, we're going to do what God wants us to do. And in unity, they begin to stack these stones where they just were bigger and bigger. And people saw that and said, hey, that is a monument to God. It showed the blessing of God in their life, and it showed the unity of God in their life. All right? How many know that we need unity in the body of Christ? How many know that we need unity in the body of Christ? You know what the enemy does? He likes to separate. He likes to make people rub people the wrong way. He likes to make motives. People think that people's motives are one thing or another. Can I tell you something? The devil is a liar. Some of you are hearing me. Some of you aren't. But a church uh, that has been blessed comes from a heart that is unified, that is unified in the spirit of God. We have one vision and we are moving forward. Can I tell you this? Psalm 133 says the anointing or the blessing comes when we dwell together in unity. Only when we dwell together in unity. And we have to say, hey, sometimes that's, I'm going to set my agenda aside because God's more important than what I want. And that's important, all right? I'm going to ask the musicians to come, come back. And we lift the monument of blessing and, and as a testament to unity to our children so that they will remember who we are and, and that we've walked in the obedience of God. How many know that God wants to take you from glory to glory to glory? Amen. All right, last one, the monument of remembrance. Everyone say the monument of remembrance. You know, the reason, the main reason that we have memorials and monuments is so we can remember. It is. So we can go back and we can, we can reflect. And maybe, maybe those things happen in a time that we weren't alive, but guess what? I can go learn from those things. History repeats itself, but sometimes it's better just to learn and, and not repeat itself, Right? I want to share something with you. Monuments. We're talking about Memorial Day. How many are thankful that people uh, have died for you? How many are, feel like you live in a blessed nation? And how many, how many are saying, I'm okay with remembering that and taking a moment to reflect on the goodness of God? All right. So the monuments of remembrance. John 15, 13 says this. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. That's the greatest kind of love that you can have. I don't know about you, but I would be willing to lay down my life for my wife. I would be willing to lay down my life for my kids. How many are with me on that? I would be willing to give of myself so my kids can have. And no greater love, look at this, John says this. He says, greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. Can I tell you something? 
John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Come on and give Jesus a hand clap of praise. No greater love. Can I tell you this? The purpose of Jesus Christ coming to earth was to be the ultimate sacrifice for your sins and mine. And to be the propitiation for our sins. And he would take the wrath of God for you and me. And none of us deserve it, but God did it for us because he loves you. He loves you today with an unconditional love. And he's here with arms open saying, I've got grace for you today. And this is what I found out being saved for just a moment. The monuments in my life, sometimes I don't do good with thanksgiving. And sometimes I don't do good with praise. And sometimes I forget about the blessing that God has given me. But I pray in my, in my walk with God that I never forget the price that Jesus paid for me. And I'm not perfect and you aren't either. He would bear the weight of your sins and mine on, on a cross at Calvary. Isaiah 53, 5 says this. But he was wounded for our transgressions. Talking about Jesus here. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him and by his stripes we are healed. The prophet Isaiah is prophesying about Jesus coming in the New Testament. And Jesus was chastised and he was bruised on a cross for you and for me. Listen, in Luke chapter 22, Jesus gave the dis disciples instructions of a monument or a memorial of remembrance. And he said this, it was simply this. Communion, simply this. Do this in remembrance of me. This is the memorial, this is the monument that I've set so that you won't forget about the price that I paid for you. Now this is what I'm going to do. I've asked the ushers. They're going to they're come around. They're going to give you uh, the communion elements today. And they're going to pass those around. If you guys will just stay with me just a, just a few more minutes, we're going we're gonna to get through this, okay? But I want to talk to you about the monument of remembrance. This is not a monument that we build, but this is a spiritual monument so that we remember what Jesus did on the cross for us. How many are thankful and grateful for monuments of thanksgiving and praise? How many want our praise to go up as a sweet smell to the Lord that it might change not just our situation now, but it might change our situation in the future? And how many want the monument of God's blessing and unity and obedience and coming together as a group and showing our kids, hey, they say, what is this? Hey, that was the time. I remember this time. Listen, this church didn't just build itself. It, it was a, a, a process of dreams and unity and a lot of hard work. And 
God wants to bless us abundantly. And I'm going to tell you something. He does it in the spirit of unity. Stay with me just, just, a, just a moment longer here. And the monuments of remembrance. We're going to do something. We're going to take communion. If you, and I want to leave this up to you, parents. If you're here, grandparents, with your kids, then I'm going to leave it up to you to decide if you think that your kids should take communion. We're a church. If we're open communion. It's between you and God. You do not have to be a member of this church to take communion. This is between you and God. But I do know this. I'm going to, before you partake of communion, remember that communion is not a ritual that we observe. Now listen. Some churches do it weekly. Some churches do it every day. And, and oftentimes when you do it too often, it can become a ritual. It can become something that we just do just because it's what we're supposed to do. And I want to tell you something. I do not want the monument of his remembrance to be something that I'm just doing. Scripture tells us, and it warns of that. Paul would say this in 1 Corinthians eleven twenty-eight: Let a person examine himself and then so eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For anyone who eats and drinks without discerning the body eats and drinks judgment on himself. He would go on to say, and that's why there are many sick in the church. So what I want to do in this moment, I want to give you an option. I want, I want to give you a chance. First of all, bow your heads with me all across this building. If you don't know Jesus as your personal Savior, I want to give you a chance to know him. It's the best decision you'll ever make. I can promise you that. I, 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 I'm living proof of that. Maybe say, hey, I don't know if I agree with you because I've seen your life. Well, I'm not perfect, but let me tell you something. God has changed me from the inside out. God wants a relationship with you. He doesn't want religiosity. He doesn't want, he wants a relationship with you, to commune with you, to talk to you. If you don't know Jesus as your personal Savior, I want to give you a chance to know him today. And maybe you're here and you're saying, hey, I, I heard what you said. I, I, I need the Lord to search my heart. I need God to, to forgive me of some sins. If that's you, I, no one looking around. No one looking around, please. Bow your heads. Close your eyes. We're not going to make a spectacle of you. I, I, I just want, I want to say a prayer with you. Anybody in the building that doesn't know Jesus or you, you say, hey, I want to get some things right in my life. If you'll just lift up your hand right now with no one looking around. Thank you. Thank you. Anybody else? Thank you. Anybody else? Let's pray this prayer. Say, Jesus, I ask you, Lord, to come into my heart. I believe you lived on earth, you died on the cross. You rose again, and you're coming. Lord, I confess with my mouth today that I'm a sinner. Lord, I failed. I've made mistakes. And I ask you, Lord, to forgive me in your mighty name. Cover me with your blood. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Come on, can you give us a hand clap of praise in the house? <laughs> Scripture says this, on the night that he was betrayed, talking about Jesus, Jesus ate his last supper with his disciples. And knowing that he would accomplish through his sacrifice, he instituted communion, Luke chapter 22 
You can look that up. His, his loving instruction, his loving instruction is that we are to remember him as we partake of communion. It's why we're doing it. It's a memorial. It's the monument of who and why Jesus came. And Jesus wanted us to remember how his body was broken for our wholeness. And how his blood was shed for our forgiveness of our sins. And then whenever we partake in this remembrance, we proclaim the Lord's death till he comes again. 1 Corinthians eleven twenty six 26 tells us that. Today, we are going to partake of the bread and we're going to declare that Jesus' health and divine life flows in our mortal bodies. Do you believe that today? I believe that with all my heart. And when we partake of the cup, we are declaring that we are forgiven and have been made righteous. Jesus' blood gives us right standing before God. And we can go boldly into God's presence, Hebrews 4.16 says. And when we pray, we can be sure that God most definitely hears us. Now look at this. I, I want to do something. I've asked uh, a couple of people to come and pray. I mean, I'm, I'm going to ask Jenna to come up. If you will, take your communion cup and open it up pull the bread out. I've asked her to pray over this, this bread today to say, hey, why, why are you doing it this way? Because I want to. That's okay, right? And when she prays, I want you to bow your heads and I want you to think. I want you to think about what, that this is the monument to remember what Christ did on Calvary. So bow your heads with us. Father, we come humbly before you this morning. God, we bless you. We honor you. God, we thank you for your body that you gave so freely, so willingly. Lord Jesus, you, you broke your body for us, Lord. God, I ask that when we take your body, this bread this morning, Lord, that you would help us remember all the things that you did for us on the cross, Lord. God, help us remember that you are the bread of life. God, that you are everything that we need. God, you sustain every need. God, that you fill us because of what you did for us, because you allowed your body to be broken, that we are healed, we are fulfilled, we are whole, we are blessed, and we are healed in the name of Jesus, God. God, let us remember this. Let it be sealed and stamped upon our heart as a monument in the name of Jesus, God, I pray. You may partake of the bread. In the same manner, Jesus held a cup of. Today we have a cup of grape juice to represent the blood of Jesus Christ. Now I've asked David to pray over this. Would you in reverence just bow your heads and begin to think about the, the shed blood of Jesus Christ. If it had not been for the shed blood of Jesus Christ, there would be, uh, there would be no freedom from sin. So in this moment, I want you to reflect on what Christ did. Dear Heavenly Father, on this Memorial Day weekend, I'm reminded of the parallels between what our service men and women have done for us in fighting for our freedom and for the opportunity to live in this great country. And I'm reminded how much you've done for us by giving your son in the same way, giving us the freedom of religion, the freedom to gather here today and worship you without fear of um, persecution
you can partake of the cup. Come on, will you stand? Will you lift up holy hands in the house? We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. All praise be to your name. God, don't let it be a ritual, but God, this is a monument to remember what you did on Calvary. God, we thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for your provision. God, we thank you for your blessing. God, we thank you, Lord, for our hearts being united in your spirit. And God, we thank you for what you did on Calvary, Jesus. We praise your name and we glorify your name. Come on. Come on and just love on him with all your heart today. Can we lift our hands? Come on. Can you lift your hands? Can you begin to thank God for those who made a decision today? Lord, we are grateful. It's what it's about, God. We're so grateful for hands being raised and lives being changed forever. We praise your name. Will you stretch your hand this way? I want to bless you. And then I'm going to ask them to sing this song one time, and then we'll, we'll, we'll move on to announcements. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. Do you accept it today? Come on and give the Lord a hand clap of praise. I, I do want to say this. As Jen is coming, uh, I don't think this is in the announcements. We, we have a treat next, next week. Uh, next week, we are going to have a special guest speaker coming. And most of you know who, the, who this person is. And uh, the Harveys are going to be here with us next week. Noah's getting married uh, this weekend. And I couldn't help but ask them. They are friends of mine. We love them. And I am grateful for the foundation that they've set here for us. They, they, they set a great foundation for us. And I believe God has used them to help propel us to where we are now. And so we're going to honor them next week. And I just grab someone, get here to the house of God, and be blessed. So bless you. If you're a guest here, we thank you again so much for being here and worshiping with us, especially on this holiday weekend. We're so thankful that you're here. We would ask that you fill out a connection card that's in the seat backs in front of you and take that to our Welcome Center so we can bless you with a gift this morning, get to know you a little better. There are giving boxes right outside both doors for tithes and offering and one upstairs and also different ways to pay online as well. Um, this Thursday, June 1st at 7 o'clock is Beyond the Broken Heart Ministry for anyone suffering from grief. That's a great gr group for you to come and be a part of. Healing Hearts this uh, Thursday, I'm sorry, Tuesday is Beyond the Broken Heart. Thursday is Healing Hearts. Any women experiencing um, recovering from abuse of any kind is welcome to come Thursday, June 3rd at 7 VBS again, June 7th through the 10th, 7 to 9 p.m. If you haven't registered, please register your children online. There's also paper copies available at the information desk. 
And then VBS Workday, we're going to have a workday on June 5th at 12 o'clock. And on June 6th, there's a VBS worker meeting following morning service. It's mandatory. So if you've signed up to help at VBS, please make sure you're here Sunday on the 6th for a quick meeting after service. Uh, Judah Fest Outreach. We need volunteers for Judah Fest on June 19th. There is a sign-up sheet out at the Welcome Center. There's positions for people to help set up, serve, and tear down. If you've not been here during Judah Fest, many of you may have been across the street during Judah Fest. Over here, we park the park cars here for free. We give tons of food away. We pack the place out, and it's just a great time to love on our community. So if you'd like to help, we have tons of fun while we're here too. So if you want to do that, there is a sign-up sheet for that. Um, Reboot Summer Camp, that's July 26th through 29th. Um, we did collect deposits for Early Bird a couple weeks ago, but you can still turn in your applications and deposits for Early Bird if you have not. There are applications out at the information desk. Um, the full amount remaining balance is going to be due June 6th. If you want a t-shirt, that's $10 extra. And finally, if you want to sponsor a camper, there are envelopes out at the Welcome Center and at the Giving Boxes. You guys have a blessed Memorial Weekend.